Life support is nominal. The oxygen danger indicator level is yellow. Please remember that this is a non-smoking pirate ship. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to GameIndustry.com's The Gin Lounge. I'm John Breeden, your chief lounge lizard, and your host for this episode of the show. Today, we are going to be doing our E3 wrap-up, and we're going to be talking about all the cool stuff that happened at a surprisingly big show this year. So the, uh, you know, E3 obviously had this big spectacular collapse a few years ago, and it's sort of been clawing its way back out of the pit it dug for itself. And I think that last year it did, it did a pretty good job, and, uh, and this year I think it's, it's nearly there. It's nearly back to, uh, where it was before. So joining me are, uh, two people, uh, in the lounge with, uh, sort of different perspectives on the, all the announcements, uh, that were at the show. Uh, joining us is, of course, uh, Shella, our European correspondent, and, uh, and Shella, welcome to the lounge today. Thanks for having me. Oh, no problem. And you know, I thought it was interesting that I guess of all the people at Gin, you're sort of um I don't know, how do I put this? You're sort of usually the least enthusiastic about new stuff, but uh but you seem to to latch onto a lot of cool stuff that you were really excited about this year. Yeah, well, I think people were a bit down on this E3. Um so yeah, I think it was quite a good positive E3, yeah, it was. It was in the in the past, you know, back when it was a regular show, you know, before it had its its collapse and coming back. People would always be like, "Well, it's going to be a good E3 show if there's a new console coming out." Uh, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> people sort of forgot. But so this year, we did sort of have new consoles come out, you know, announcements about new consoles. But but the focus was really kind of solidly on on the games, and that that was. That was pretty cool. So I was not expecting that myself. Um, also joining us in the lounge is, for the very first time, uh, we have Dave Tucker. Uh, Dave Tucker, whom you all know, he's doing the um, Aspiring Developer column, and we are following Dave Tucker from the early, early days of the uh, Tucker Empire, uh, which is right now, all the way up to the point where, uh, I don't know, Dave, what happens? You, uh, you, uh, you buy EA, I guess? <laughs> Well, I, I think, yeah, buying EA or, or world domination or, you know, something of that. <laughs> Definitely. Well, it's good, it's good to have you in the lounge, uh, again for the, for the first time. And we hope that you'll show up more often and, uh, and hang out with us. So it's always interesting to see, uh, you know, your perspective because, you know, as, as an aspiring developer, you, you kind of have a different take on it than a lot of our lounge guests who are mostly just players of video games. You know, you, you sort of look at, uh, you sort of get excited about different things. So, um, and I think one of the things that uh, when I said we were doing the show on E3, one of the things that you were kind of most excited about was the Wii U. And uh, so, why don't you tell us a little bit about why you think the Wii U uh, was, you know, made such a big splash and what you're expecting out of it? Yeah, I, I mean, unless you've been sort of somewhere very far and remote and, and haven't managed to see what the Wii U is. Um, I mean, it, it, it looks uh, fantastic in terms of what it's going to offer for, for games. I mean, without going into, into the technical details, I think probably the best thing about it is the, the new controller, which is going to have a, a built-in touchscreen, um, which opens up a huge number of possibilities. Uh, I mean, you can start playing games without using the TV, just using the controller. Um, I think that there's going to be uh, a way of having the touchscreen um, almost work like augmented reality. So it, it allows you to bring another dimension to games. And I'm really excited that lots of the big developers are really getting behind the Wii U and the new technology, uh, very similar to how they've been backing Connect this year. And I think it will be really good, some of the games that we're going to see coming forward on the Wii U. Um, 
can't wait to get hold of one. <laughs> yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting. See, probably the first couple games that come out will be sort of gimmicky, and then and then eventually they'll sort of learn how to use the technology. But I mean, just thinking off the top of my head, I can think of a game like a you know like a spy game or something where you have to like you know hack something, and then all of a sudden you know your hacking tool is like your 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 screen, you know, on, on your controller. So pretty neat. Yeah. The one thing that I think if only Metal Gear could be on the Wii U. Uh, then I reckon um, that's a game that could use it really well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Something like that. You know, yeah, probably. his humor and stuff. That would be perfect. The one thing I think is a negative is, you know, all those people that end up throwing their Wii controllers now, <laughs> it's going to be a lot more fragile. <laughs> if it's got a... Anyone with cheeky hand syndrome. You have to have, like, handcuffs, <laughs> handcuff it to yourself. <laughs> so drop it or whatever. So um, um, now, Shella, the uh, another announcement, and um, I know your column is all about E3 uh, this Friday, uh, which is t- tomorrow. So everybody, please tune in and see uh, you know some detailed, watch some trailers and see what Shella's uh, got out of E3. But one of the things you talked about was the uh, the PlayStation Vita, or I don't know. I I, I I was thinking that if they had email as part of the Vita, they could call it the E Vita. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that was just that was just a bad joke from my point. But but what about what about the Vita? Do you think do you think the Vita is going to be successful? Because uh, Sony's had some hits and misses in the handheld area. Yeah, I mean it's a, tr- uh, I mean it's really powerful. But I think um, this E3 of all the E3s um, hasn't really been about what's under the hood. It's been about the games more than any three I remember really um and I mean for me always the handheld stuff always falls a bit flat for me because yeah it looks great and the it looks like the games play really well and it's got so many features on it it's insane (laughs) um so I think Sony's obviously are running a little scared about its place in the handheld market, um, you know, with the um, upsurge of smartphones and um, and the iPhone and tablets and you know, every, every, I mean, it's coming from every corner competition for that market. So they've just thrown everything in a bag of spanners at it, really. I mean, what's it? Two cameras, a touchscreen, two touch pads on the back and um yeah it's ridiculous uh, apparently it's as powerful as a ps3 which i mean is incredible yeah it does look neat and the, i think the one of the things they did that that i think is the most greatest thing that they did was they're they're pricing the thing at like 200 bucks so it's like actually in reach of yeah. people <laughs> yeah yeah um, that's true, but like 300 pounds here. Oh, right. I know, I know you always get, uh, yeah, Shella and Dave are both, if you couldn't tell by the, by the accents, Shella and Dave are both British. <laughs> and, uh, they always get, I mean, you don't get totally screwed, but you, you just tend to get games like three weeks after the rest of the world and you pay more for them. So, you know, that's. Yeah, we pay more for consoles because that means they can drop the price in the States, which is a big market. So. I see, I see. Well, Back to positive You're stuff. Subsidizing your. Oh, we very, <laughs> we very much appreciate. We appreciate that. <laughs> now uh, let's talk about let's talk about briefly. Um, let's just talk about Microsoft and 360, um, and, and then we can just talk about games in general. We'll throw it open to the whole platform. But Microsoft really went into this E3 sort of at a disadvantage because they didn't have a hardware announcement. You know, they, their Connect was. 
pretty much their big thing, and it's already, you know, been established. And here, they did some really neat stuff that kind of, like, almost stole the show. So, so Shella, what were you excited about um, listening to the Microsoft plans? Yeah, well, because I thought Microsoft, because, I mean, that's pretty much been the headline, says, you know, Microsoft, it was a bit of a damp squib of a start to the show, and... Um, you know, Sony and Nintendo have taken all the headlines. I mean, they do have all the headlines. I think it was a really confident Microsoft that came to E3 this year. They thought, yeah, we don't have a massive um, hardware announcement, but, you know, like Jaws literally hit the floor when we did announce Connect in 2009. In fact, most people didn't believe that it was actually, you know, they just thought it was uh, Peter Molyneux blowing smoke and, you know, mirrors at them. And now it's here. And so I think it was a really confident Microsoft saying, yeah, we've got this great thing and we've got all these great things that we are now going to you know, bring to um, to market. And um, they also had some nice things to uh, for hardcore gamers. Like Halo 4. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, um, Halo 4 was a good one. I love the sort of the voice command stuff that you can do in Ghost Recon and Mass Effect 3. I just thought, I was just like, I hadn't even um, thought about that. You know, being able to actually um, vocalize your response to um, characters in Mass Effect. Oh, my God. That'll be amazing that that would be cool if it's i mean again it's one of those things where it has to be it has to be done well i mean even going back to the playstation 2 there were games that did voice recognition and you know they did them very badly <laughs> but I, I think it'd be cool if, the demo looked great yeah yeah well yeah if it didn't that would be bad yeah well something i mean in the past <laughs> uh, yes the, the wii u and all the footage that wasn't really wii u footage yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was kind of like, yes, this is what it would look like if it was running on a PlayStation 3. Okay. Um, Dave, Dave, what do you think? Do you think, do you agree with Shella? Do you think that Microsoft was sort of more confident this year because they're coming into the show with what is basically a mature platform at this point? Yeah, you know, I, I think Microsoft really, yeah, I, the, what they were, what they gave us at this E3 was, was quite positive. Uh, I mean, there, there may have been some blunders. I think, um, Peter Molyneux has, has said that maybe his Connect Fable uh, demonstration was maybe a bit of a disaster because it made it look like a an on rail shooter, um, which wasn't the, the the absolute intention. But um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, there were some really good announcements from Microsoft, and I'm pretty keen to see what Connect is going to offer. The, uh, the, the hardcore gamers. Yeah, the hardcore, that's, that's the area that Kinect really needs to move into. I mean, they've got sort of the, you know, they, they got sort of the competition to the Wii, and they've got a lot of dance games and stuff, and Kelly just did a review on, uh, Zumba Fitness, and she lost 13 pounds while she was playing and stuff, so, you know, bravo. But, you know, I'd, I'd, I want to see, like, you know, yelling at your squad, you know, Jill, go over there, get behind that cover and stuff like that. That'll be cool. Definitely. So, so in terms of games, uh, since, uh, you know, I, I know that, uh, the Gamer Geeks, our sister show, they are doing just a whole bunch of E3 shows over the next three weeks. They're doing one show based on the, uh, the Microsoft announcements, uh, they're doing one show based on the Wii stuff and the Nintendo's announcements, and they're doing one show based on Sony. So that's, the next three weeks they've got that pretty covered. So I kinda wanted, 
us to focus a little bit on some of the games that we were excited about seeing. And Shell, I know your column uh, tomorrow is about this, but what is like uh, what are like one or two of the games that you saw that you think you actually got excited about and, and that you're looking forward to playing? Um, actually, <clears throat> when I was getting the trailer link for you for Tomb Raider, the gameplay um, footage of Tomb Raider just looks amazing. I just didn't think I... Because I, lo- I love Tomb Raider, so I can hear you all going, oh, yawn, shall I like, <laughs> Tomb Raider game. Um, but the voice acting... Because this is um, Lara from A Young Girl, so she's like 21, and she's not the you know, sort of hardened world, you know, sort of can, I don't know, climb a rock face with <laughs> no gloves and no rope. Right, right. You know, has, a, has a gym in her house where she can climb straight up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she's not like flick flacking down the corridor. Um, she's broken and bruised and she's really vulnerable and she's scared. And um, the gameplay footage I saw she was literally that, like limping. One of her arms was broken and she's holding it into herself. And um, the voice acting is superb. Um, she's literally sort of um, sort of gasping for breath and just sort of going, oh, my God, what is this place? How do I get out of here? And she's really kind of panicked, which is something you've never seen from Lara before. She's, I mean, they've actually you know, given her sort of dimension. Wow. Um, yeah, so I'm quite excited by that because it looks a, a bit more um, adrenaline-driven and character-driven than it's ever been before. I mean, well, in the, the previous Tomb Raiders, I mean, there was there was they were great games, but the storylines were kind of weak. I mean, it sounds like it sounds like you're actually looking forward to like a story angle <laughs> from a Tomb Raider. Yeah, and, and it was, but it was always you were always very detached. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were great, but you were sort of you know, um, like a puppet master, sort of um, detached from the action, whatever it was. Um, but this looks like it brings you right in there. Um, it looks amazing. Yeah, it would be interesting. Interesting to see how that how that plays out. Dave, what about you? Were there any games that got you all a Twitter? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, with, almost without mentioning, uh, Star Wars for the Kinect. Mm. I mean, that's <laughs> that's a geek's dream come true, right? <laughs> I, again, if it's done right, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it could fall very much flat on its face. Well, did you but, get the feeling uh, from looking at what you saw that, that it is going down the right path? Um, I, I really hope so. I mean, you know, Star Wars has been a, a franchise which has, you know, pr- produced some, some great games and, and some not-so-great games, so... Let's really hope that they get the combination right because, uh, yeah, I mean, swinging a lightsaber in your living room with sound effects and everything, yeah, I don't think anything could beat that. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, it, it's just. I always take Star Wars <laughs> game announcements with like a mountain of salt. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Did Dave, did you have. I just don't want to put myself in the position of having those hopes down. Yeah, like the Star Wars MMO. <laughs> the, the original. <laughs> They're going to try to do again, which, you know, look. It's like, okay, I guess. <laughs> People. People have pretty short memories and a real love of Star Wars, so yeah, they definitely yeah, that's it. <laughs> definitely will. I'm sure they'll try it, and I hope it'll be good. We're the most optimistic fans ever, the Star Wars fans. But <laughs> speaking of the game on the Connect, uh, Dave, I saw an article um, in another publication about somebody who was worried about uh, the game because of the control scheme. Not so much the lightsaber, but the so much of 
you know, they were almost worried that it was going to become like an on the rails type of shooter because you wouldn't be able to, you know, control your character and explore the world and stuff because of the connect interface. I don't know if that's going to be the case or not, but I mean, that's one thing that could definitely fall apart on if, if they don't, you know, make a good world, you know? Yeah, you know, I, I agree with you there. I mean, you know, the the ingredients are there. You've got Connect, you've got Star Wars, but it's the the implementation and the way that they're going to to implement the control scheme and everything else that's really going to be the the deal maker or breaker. Right, right. Now, Shella, uh, I want to ask you about another game that I know you've you've written about, uh, the Assassin's Creed. Now, you have, uh, I know you love Tomb Raider. Assassin's Creed, you kind of have a love hate relationship with a little bit. So, no, it's <laughs> oh, uh, you've complained about having to gather a hundred feathers and things like that before, haven't you? Um, Is yeah, that a different girl, I'm thinking? Just ignore that. <laughs> okay, well, anyway, what... Oh, you mustn't take my... I'll, I'll just... I'll just... I'll just witter on negatively about anything, John. You can't take it down. Oh, I see, I see, okay. Fickle mistress. That's true. You, yes, you sometimes uh, re- um, talk about uh, me negatively, so I could see that, definitely. <laughs> well, well, um, uh, the uh, the new game, uh, what is it? Revelations. Um, what did you think? Uh, oh my god, I want that game now. <laughs> yeah, it looks amazing, and I love the fact that it's um, set in Morocco. Uh, is it Morocco or is it Turkey? Uh, I think it's Morocco. I think you're right. Yeah, it looked like Morocco. It looked like Marrakesh. Just well, yeah. I love I love the Assassin's Creed games. Um, what about this one do you think is going to up the ante from the last one? Um, he's got some really cool new moves. Have you seen the new moves? I haven't yet. I haven't yet. He can, like, um, roll over people's backs and then, like, grab their neck and sort of flip them and stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, like, yeah he's even more agile than he was before. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, Ezio is back and yeah it looks like it might be Ezio's last story though which is quite worrying um yeah because he's kind of a sort of gray now sort of weird and all right yeah Yeah, so I don't know what's gonna happen yeah and there's like massive ships and chains and he can zip wire and there's like smoke bombs and explosives (laughs) it's like it's like parkour gone mad (laughs) yeah it is it's like yeah it looks really cool. It looks like they've just upping the ante, basically. You know what I always liked about that game, um, compared to, like, a Tomb Raider, is that you can, like, climb up a sheer wall and, like, flip over a gondola and do all this crazy stuff, and it's not that hard to do. Whereas, if you if I tried to do that same thing in, like, a Tomb Raider game, I'd be dead in a second, you know? They, they like, they, they make you think you're doing something, but really, you're just kind of pushing X. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it does feel like you're controlling Ezio or whoever it is, but yeah, they do do it for you. <laughs> oh, but it's, it feels good. <laughs> That's cool. Well, it's another Assassin's game that I wanted to bring up that I was actually kind of disapp- I don't think the game will be disappointing, but I was disappointed with the um, the showing, and that is the uh, the next Hitman is going to come out, and which is fantastic for me because that's like my favorite game, and I love that game because. Um, not so much because I secretly want to kill people or anything, but I like that game because they give you an objective, and that's pretty much it. And how you accomplish that objective is completely up to you. I mean, if you want to 
um, you know, mine a barbecue grill or trick a cop into walking a different direction or, you know, sneak in yeah. through the roof or, I mean, poison somebody's wine or whatever. You can kind of do what you want. And I think that is the most amazing thing. Yeah. I, lo- I love that. Um, the trailer, and it was all this, you know, Square Enix is the publisher now, and they were all like, check out the trailer, check out the trailer. And the trailer was like, 20 seconds. Yeah, it was like it was 20 seconds long, and it showed me nothing about the game. Most of it was a snake and a gun. Uh, I was gonna say it was a snake crawling on a gun. So I'm like, come on, show me something. Give me something. I know. Oh well, so that was a little disappointing. But anyway, I'm I'm still very hopeful for the game. I just wish I would have seen something more. Yeah, more than some gloves and a gun and a snake. Right, right. So, uh, so Dave, back back to you. What's another title um, that you thought was was really cool about E3 this year? And then we'll get around mm. to some some final questions. So, uh, so you're gonna have to be thinking like, what game should I bring up, uh, forsaking all others? <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I think that the uh, the next installment in the Elder Scrolls series, Skyrim, uh, that's one I've been excited about for a long time. And uh, yeah, that that looks like that's going to be absolutely mega when that comes out. Yeah, that's um, now some of the things they added. You know, looking at the, their demo, um, uh, you know, and some people didn't like their demo because it was like a half hour long and the room was hot or something. But I'm like, whatever, dude. <laughs> but, you know, it's funny. Every year Bethesda has trouble with the climate control in their demo room. I don't know why. <laughs> But, like, even going back to, like, watching the Oblivion demo, like, I had an appointment to see Oblivion at, like, 9 a.m., and I went in, and all the power was out. And then... Uh, all the chain mail and leather that their fans wear. I, yes, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. And then they, they got the electric back on, but not the air conditioning. So, like, they were running it on these massive PCs, and they had, like, fans set up all around them to try to keep them cool, because there was no cooling in the room. And uh, so, I don't know, they always had trouble. point is, so it looks like one of the things they've done is they've really built on the Oblivion engine, which is sort of like a, if it if it works don't fix it type thing, but they've sort of um they sort of added to it. Um like for example now you can have a weapon in one hand and cast spells with the other hand. Um so you can sort of do both at the same time, which I don't know on the keyboard might get a little tricky, but I guess we'll get used to it. Um you can also do dual wielding and it looks like they've also added a stealth interface. So I don't I don't know. Uh Dave are those um if, if it comes out, Dave, and it it's like Oblivion with enhancements. Are you going to be happy with that or disappointed? Do you know, I, I think I'll be really happy with that. I, I loved Oblivion, and yeah, I I, I mean, I, I'm a big fan of these open-world RPGs, and Oblivion was done so well, I think, that you know, with a few enhancements and, and a good storyline, then I think we could definitely be there. Yeah, I, I think so too. I mean, I'm... I'm I, ate up every DLC that ever came out for Oblivion and and you know I play on the on the PC just so I can get all the fan made mods and I think one of the things that that Bethesda does which is fantastic is they release the developer tools when they release the game thus creating millions of, <laughs> of fan based mods most of them are crap but some of them are pretty good some of them I think they should use as recruiting tools and be like, okay, we got to hire this guy <laughs> to come <laughs> do official stuff for us, which is brilliant if that's what they actually do. Um, so, so, fi- so final question on the E3 stuff. So, so I guess what we're kind of saying, we're kind of all in agreement, is that while the hardware sort of got the headlines from sort of the mainstream media, the show this year sort of seemed to be about the games, which is kind of nice when an E3 remembers that it's about the games. So, so Shella, I guess my final question then is, um, n- well, it's twofold actually. One's about the show, and one's about the focus of the show. So the first thing is, do you think that um, 
do you think that E3 has finally become to the point where it's sort of relevant again? Um, and then secondly, uh, you, you know, what games, uh, you know, other than the ones we've mentioned or maybe just the ones we've mentioned, do you think are going to have the biggest splash, uh, you know, by the end of the year? I don't think people hold off on their announcements um, for and hold them back for E3 as much as they would have done in the past mm-hmm. um, when E3 was massive. I guess that's partly um, the recession. People mm-hmm. haven't got the money. And partly because it did, you know, sort of collapse, really. The show did collapse. And so people found either that maybe they don't, need E3 as much as they thought, you know, they can uh, do it for cheaper and still make a splash. And maybe other things have popped up in instead that they go to. Some of it might be, I just, I mean, you and I were talking about this earlier, so I don't want to bring it up. Some of it might be the weird release schedules we're getting. I mean, if you just came out of your bunker, uh, you know, and didn't know the date and saw all these games were coming out, yeah. you'd, you'd be like, what is it, June, July? What's going on? You'd think it was December. I mean, all these hot games are coming out over the summer, so. I mean, this is the craziest summer ever for me. <laughs> I've never been going to, um, to Glastonbury thinking, oh my god, I'm gonna miss all these games. Because <laughs> it's just like the summer usually is dead. It's like you're getting through your winter back cap that you haven't managed to finish yet. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Um, and games that are going to make a splash, I think it'll be, um, well, there's bound to be some Medal of Honor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they're already declaring that uh, that what's going to be the top-selling game of the year, <laughs> the, the <laughs> Modern Warfare one. Yeah. yeah, so there'll be something with a soldier in it. Uh, and then, ooh, Mass Effect. Well, I don't know. Bets out this year is, oh, I don't know, it's hard to call. Because, um, assassins could be huge too. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> you just got too many. For <laughs> once, I've actually overloaded Shella with choices. That does, it doesn't happen much in a game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, Dave, Dave, what do you think on the, on the, um, on the, the, the relevance of E3, you know, coming back, and it's, is it something that uh, people look forward to, companies are looking forward to? I mean, you're an aspiring developer, so um, let us know, you know, what you think on that. And then also the, uh, you know, the, the game that you think are the games that you think are going to, you know, be huge, the ones that we actually look at by the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, I think E3 has maybe been a little, it's had its hand forced into being a little more relevant to, to gamers and with game announcements this year, because... Uh, I mean, we're seeing a lot going on in the mobile space and with smartphones and games on smartphones becoming very prevalent. And there's not really an outlet for those. So the, the big developers, Nintendo, Sony, you know, these guys need to make a lot of noise. And I think that maybe that's been why that we've seen a lot of the announcements we have at E3 this year. Mm-hmm. Um, as for games, I mean... It's yeah. I mean, we we all know that me- <laughs> that Modern Warfare Three is going to be the big seller, but I, I'm I'm kind of rooting for Battlefield Three as well. I mean, I love Battlefield Two. So uh, there's a huge on the on the internet. There's a huge uh, like war between the Battlefield players and the Modern Warfare players. It's so funny. I mean, they they want to really get into a fight over which is the best. Like they need another war. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, it's either the you know fanboys fighting Xbox versus PS3, and now they've sort of they've progressed, they've moved on. It's now going to be whether it's it's going to be Modern Warfare or Battlefield. So yeah, 
<laughs> but I, I'm, I mean, you know, of the other games, I think I'm really looking forward to Batman Arkham City. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I enjoy playing Arkham, uh, Arkham Asylum. So, you know, hopefully if they can build on that and it's not just uh, another sequel, then, you know, I think that, again, that one could be a very uh, good seller this year. It, it looks like City adds a lot of new elements, so I'm, I'm hopeful for that, too. And then, of course, Skyrim, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> I, I actually think Skyrim might give Modern Warfare a run for its money. I think that people are – there are a lot of people from a lot of different stripes, different types of gamers that are looking forward to Skyrim. I know there are, but Warfare is just mm. ginormous. I know, I know. Maybe I'm looking at <laughs> – oh, well <laughs> – you, you know, it, it's exactly what we want. We want to believe that there is still good in the world, and that maybe Skyrim is going to be at the number one spot this year. But no, there, there's far too many then modern reality fights. Exactly. You know, we're, we're in the realm of the first-person shooter now, being the the top seller, and I don't think we're ever going to see a change in that unless something major happens in the next couple of years. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Who knows? Now, Skyrim on the Connect, where you can actually walk around the world and do stuff that would be awesome <laughs> and maybe maybe you could if you donned armor in real life it would recognize it and put it and give it to you in the game how's that <laughs> people wearing their bathrobes and stuff <laughs> so okay on that the overheating problems okay on that scary note um, <laughs> so well thank you guys for joining me today it's always it's always great to get your guys uh, perspective on things and dave uh, you know Thank you. Great, great first show. We hope that you'll come back for many, many more. <laughs> Certainly will. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, absolutely. And uh, we're going to get uh, – how, how's things happening on the on the developer front? Are we going to get another uh, developer column from you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's uh, in, in the pipeline. It should be with you soon. Oh, cool. Well, we look forward to it. I'm always, I'm, uh, we're all, we're all pulling for you here at Gin. So, um, if you want to write to, uh, to Dave or Shella or me or just, uh, have a comment on something you saw at the E3 show that was really cool, maybe you visited the show in person or maybe you went to one of the virtual booths. Sony did a really nice virtual booth on the PlayStation. Their virtual booth looked exactly like their actual booth, which was pretty cool. Yeah, it was really neat. I mean, walking around the virtual booth, it looked exactly spot on like their actual booth at the show. It was really cool the way they did it this year um so definitely check check that out on home if you haven't done it already and then um so just let us know our email address is ginlounge at gameindustry.com and we would love to hear from you um until next time uh it's going to be a couple weeks before we get another gin lounge in because the gamer geeks are hogging up the airwaves for the next few weeks but um we will be back and we will see you then and until then take care everybody i'll i'll see you next time 